We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. My name is Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, welcome back to another Friday edition of the show. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here. Last week we had a game summary, and I don't think either one of us was super pumped to do that show. There was a lot of negativity, um, so so I'm excited to be back and and looking forward um, this week. So it might be Black Friday today, and last week I think a lot of us felt like it was Black Thursday, but uh, yesterday I I was definitely thankful. Um, for a lot of things, what looks to be a a great draft class. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, Some of our listeners might be out tracking deer, like uh, Jair Alexander's tracks receivers. Uh, Some may be out shopping for a great deal, uh, a great deal like uh, David Bakhtiari or Devontae Adams. Um, But it is time to start thinking about the apex of the Green Bay Pack. Packers season as they take on the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football. Um, And as a side note, real Vikings did not have horns on their helmets. They look absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) I'm I'm tempted to watch this game on mute because that horn is the absolute worst thing about professional sports. Forget about stadium deals. 
forget about uh you know like all the bad things we hear it's that horn that really gets me um and Kirk Cousins is absolutely the worst quarterback in the NFC North and they are going to lose a bunch of defensive stars because they overpaid him and that being said I have zero confidence in the Packers right now so I'm probably just talking trash because of my own insecurities this week but just because we've sunk to new low as Packers fans it doesn't change the facts. And Andrew has done nothing but speak the truth because that is what we do here on the Packaday podcast. The Vikings horn is atrocious. There's no getting around that fact. It absolutely has to be, as Andrew said, the worst display of manufactured energy in sports. And then you have to think about, you know, they have that uh, Viking skull chant, right? Which is just so annoying as well. Uh, actually, if you have any free time and you just feel like wasting your life, go listen to the Vikings fight song on YouTube. Because it's all kinds of special, and it really doesn't start singing until like 30 seconds into the song, and then it ends with that hideous horn. And so, yeah, check that out if you've got some time this week. Yeah, and that reminds me. I've I've said this before on this show. Um, I went to the very first regular season game at U.S. Bank Stadium, a.k.a. the Bird Murder Dome, um, and that was the night that they debuted the Skull Chant. They had a video package with the mountain from Game of Thrones getting everybody all excited about it. And, of course, it was going to be popular because Iceland had made a strong run in the World Cup that summer. And they just absolutely stole their the whole country's <laughs> chant and cheer. Um, but I, I couldn't stop laughing at the game with my brother because the fans could not sync up their clapping. So they were just all over the place. Um and and it, it's probably my fondest memory of that game because, of course, the Packers ended up losing. Um, I, I've decided, though, that today, to get started, we should play a little game. Um, we're going to go around our own little digital dinner table, since we didn't get to do this yesterday, and say what we are thankful for in the Packers universe. So, so Kyle, what are you thankful for? Uh, this is good. All right. Uh, so I am thankful... For the growth and development of the young players on this roster. Now, I know 2018 has not been what many fans had hoped that it would be to this point. It's hard to have a losing record when you began the season with very reasonable, I think, Super Bowl hopes. Uh, But the Packers have had so many bright spots on this team and so many up-and-coming players. It's really been fun to watch Jair Alexander have the rookie year that he's had, um, one that you could even consider a Rookie of the Year candidate year. So uh, fun to watch these young receivers in MBS and St. Brown really become more and more comfortable in this offense with Rodgers every week. And now I I know Alexander is a first-round pick, so you kind of expect some success there. But even first-round picks are no guarantee. And so I'm super thankful that it looks like Brian Gutekunst and his era is off to a great start with this draft class. Uh, But then even beyond the rookies, the development of guys like Aaron Jones and who would have guessed it, Kyler Fackrell, Kyler Sackrell, Fackrell, who needs Mac when you've got Fackrell... (laughs) Who, who are these are just guys that we didn't expect to have uh, coming into the season to have the impact that they're having. And then, you know, Kenny Clark and Devontae Adams just continue to take step forwards in their game. Uh, you know, the one handed catch that Adams had against the Seahawks while being interfere, interfered with last week. That's a game changing catch that Adams has made in the past but might not have made a few years ago. And so it's really, really fun to see these guys continue to take steps forward in their game. Um, And so in spite of this team's struggles, I am thankful that there are so many players on this roster on an upward trajectory. 
And much like any good family, you had to throw in the passive-aggressive dig about Kyler Fackrell, huh? <laughs> I mean, like it's, that. it's Thanksgiving, man. Yeah, let's talk about politics now. All right. <laughs> okay. So I'll That's forgive you. Of course, of course. I said I was starting my apology tour to Kyler Fackrell last week, and I'm already making digs at him and you. So um, <laughs> let me stop there. What what I'm thankful for, um, kind of playing off of what you said, um, is, is really the future. And um, that goes along with all of the cap space the Packers are going to have this offseason and all of the draft capital that Brian Gutekunst has provided for the Packers to secure that future. Even if this season hasn't gone the way we all hoped it would, the Packers should be set up for Aaron Jones' late 30s. I just said Aaron Jones. You said I'm Aaron at, Jones. Yeah, Aaron but, Jones is not going to be in his late 30s. Aaron Rodgers' late 30s. This is because last week on our show you said that Aaron Jones was the best Aaron on this roster and on this on this offense. So yeah. I think that was just like a Ferodian slip. I believe that might have just happened. And I do want to address that. Because I did say Aaron Jones was the best player on the team. And I meant he is the best player right now. Um, we can talk a little bit about what Aaron Rodgers' inconsistencies mean later in the show. Um, but yeah, of course, I mean Aaron Rodgers' late 30s run. Um, so if if Gutekunst can have another draft class like this year's and add some impact players in free agency, the Packers could have a massive turnaround. I tweeted this week about how the Saints are pretty much unrecognizable from just two years ago, and Green Bay could potentially have a similar trajectory. Uh, so we talked about what we're thankful for, and before we get uh started with with the rest of the show i have a quick question for you so people including some fellow hosts on this podcast have indicated it is now inevitable barring a massive end of the year run that mike mccarthy is going to be fired do you think it's automatic that mike mccarthy will not be the packers coach next season um automatic is definitely too strong of a word for me especially when you consider that they're are not a ton of coaches on the market with proven experience. Uh, you'll hear names like Bruce Arians and John Harbaugh floated around, but Arians is technically retired, and Harbaugh is only available if the Ravens really do move on from him. And so past just a few guys with some experience, there aren't a lot of proven options out there. It's a lot of young guys. And you know, all that to say, I think Mark Murphy will give Mike McCarthy every chance to prove that he's still the highly successful coach that he's shown himself to be and saying that it's automatic that they're going to go move on from him at this point in the season is a little bit premature. Um, one possibility that hasn't really been talked about much is bringing in a different offensive coordinator with more creativity and giving him a little bit more authority in the play calling, which would be really interesting. I don't know if Mike McCarthy would be open to that, uh, but I do wonder sometimes why Joe Philbin seems to get off the hook when we're assessing the blame for this season's failings. But yes, I do think that there's a good chance that Mark Murphy is going to be a little bit slower to pull the trigger on firing Mark McCarthy. One interesting thing, though, that you know hasn't been talked about a ton is that last year we did have Brett Hundley to kind of blame some of this on as far as the slow go with the offense and these kinds of things. We don't have that excuse this year. And so I think that that will be one thing that does weigh heavy on Mark Murphy when he's going to assess the situation as the offense gets a little bit closer. 
Yeah, I think you brought up a lot of interesting points, and the Packers definitely tend to be one of the slower franchises to um, react to those bad seasons. Um, you know, you think about the Bengals keeping Marvin Lewis around for a long time um, and, and some similar situations. The Packers tend to be really conservative when making personnel decisions. Dom Capers is a great example of that. And I thought you actually slipped up there when you said John Harbaugh. I had not heard his name associated um, with with potentially the Packers opening or even the Ravens moving on from him. So that would be a really interesting one. I keep hearing Jim Harbaugh brought <laughs> up, and uh, I don't really care to share my feelings on that one today. <laughs> John um, is really interesting because the Ravens and their record is very similar to the Packers in that they had a lot of success in the past. So it would be very interesting to see if the Packers went with like just kind of a switcheroo of a similar situation where is a proven veteran but like not – you know, somebody with the creative mind that so many fans are calling for. And you could pretty much guarantee the Packers would have the best special teams unit in the league under John Harbaugh's tutelage. Him, of course, go. being a former special teams coordinator. That's um, how you win I, championships, special I, teams. Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. Desmond Howard agrees. Um, I, I don't necessarily think it is automatic either. Um, and I'm about as big of a McCarthy apologist as you will find. Uh, but even I have to admit it may be time to move on. I, I don't really want to engage in a lot of discussion about who could be the next coach because I, I think those names are out there and we just quite frankly won't know um, what the end of the year holds. And, you know, if there are potential moves, John Harbaugh is, is a great example that could happen that we, we just can't even speculate on at this point. Yeah, so we do need to turn our attention a little bit to this week, and the Packers do play the hated Vikings this week, and as much as Packers Twitter has been absolutely insane these past few weeks, Vikings Twitter has been worse. So following their Sunday night loss to the Bears, the Vikings Twitter feed has been absolutely not pleased with the $84 million quarterback named Kirk Cousins, and fans were speaking their frustrations. Uh, But even worse, Minnesota fans were calling for the irrational firings of both coach Mike Zimmer and GM Rick Spielman. Now, trust me, I dislike the Vikings as much as anybody, but Spielman has been really done a phenomenal job building this roster, and Zimmer is a good NFL coach. So as much as Packers fans are overreacting in response to this season's disappointments, Minnesota fans are possibly even in a darker place following their loss to Chicago. And so while it's hard to have any confidence in the Packers at this point, Green Green Bay might have caught a break and caught the Vikings at a really good time. It's never easy to go on the road and get a win, and I fully expect this game to be won by whichever team has the more more fight left in in them at this point in the season. And I'm willing to bet a team with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback is going to be more optimistic about their chances to run the table and make a playoff run than a team with Kirk Cousins at the helm. Absolutely. So, um... One thing that I wanted to talk about tonight um, are the the key matchups for the game because this game is certainly going to come down to who can exploit certain matchups. Um, and Kyle and I are going to take a little bit of a deep dive into some of the matchups that we are going to be paying close attention to um, as Sunday night's uh, game unfolds. So you want to get started? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to keep my eye on the Vikings wide receivers versus this Green Bay defensive back unit. Um, I'll be watching to see how the Packers hope to contain these receivers 
as much drama has been surrounding the conversation about whether or not Devontae Adams should be considered an elite NFL wide receiver, Adam Thielen can also build himself a pretty convincing case that he should be considered a top-shelf receiver in this league. Uh, Pro Football Focus has Thielen graded as the third-best receiver in the league, only behind the likes of the Saints' Michael Thomas and Houston's DeAndre Hopkins. So figuring out how to contain him is absolutely going to be key in this game. Uh, He's maximized his opportunities all season long. And obviously, Stephon Diggs is no joke either. And so we all remember Demarius Randall trying, and I emphasize trying, to cover Diggs in the past. And we all know how that went. So it will be interesting to see if Green Bay puts uh, Alexander on Diggs or Thielen, uh, primarily to see what the safety rotation looks like and to see if we get any growth uh, from Tremont Williams as a safety and to see if Josh Jones will settle in as a long-term starter on this defense. There's a lot of moving pieces in the secondary, um, and a lot is going to depend on the health and availability. But Coach Pettin is going to have a lot of work cut out for him, slowing down the Vikings' pair of receivers. Yeah, I would I would think that uh, Diggs and Alexander would match up really well if you have Kevin King to, to cover Thielen. Otherwise, the Packers don't have a great matchup there. Um, and you mentioned wide receiver rankings, and... Um, I think we should point out our very own fifth and correctly in his sixth spot. Just very impressive. Just just to point out to Vikings Twitter that Adam Thielen is correctly in his number six spot. There you go. So my my first matchup uh, to watch is going to be Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander versus Randall Cobb, um, MVS and ESB, um, whatever combination of wide receivers the Packers decide to use. Uh, with with Waynes and Alexander struggling a bit throughout this season, um, that's going to give a lot of opportunities for the Packers' second, third, and fourth wide receivers to get some favorable matchups. I certainly expect Devontae Adams and Xavier Rhodes are probably going to see a lot of each other. And I expect that um, to be a pretty tough battle that Adams wins more often than Rhodes does. However, the Packers other receivers are going to have to give Aaron Rodgers opportunities to get open in the middle of the field and down the sidelines. Cobb does look ready to return after an extended layoff, which will allow Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Marquez Valdez Scantling screwed that up again. Equinemius St. Brown to return to positions on the depth chart they seem a, a little bit more comfortable with. The Vikings secondary definitely can be exploited, but the Packers have to find ways to give Aaron Rodgers time to throw, and Aaron needs to trust his wideouts. And um, while you know you definitely don't ever root for an injury, Mike Hughes being out for the season definitely benefits the Packers in this this uh, area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing that you might not expect is that I'm going to be watching for Kyler Fackrell uh, to make an impact on this game. So I'm going to be watching him versus the Vikings offensive tackles. We've come a long way, and frankly, it's crazy that we are here, but Fackrell might be one of the most impactful players that the Packers have on this defense, and I can't even believe that those words are coming out of my mouth. Um, but he's coming off a career game against the Seahawks, who admittedly do not have a good offensive line. But you know who else doesn't have a good offensive line? Ooh. The, the Vikings. Yeah. This yeah. interior line 
is terrible. They're just they're just terrible. But the tackles aren't much better either. So I'll be watching to see Sunday if the Packers pass rush and specifically Kyler Fackrell can get home against the likes of Riley Reef and rookie tackle Brian O'Neill. Uh, Fackrell might just have an opportunity to build on an already impressive 2018 season. Yeah, I really liked Brian O'Neill coming out of pit. Um, in this year's draft, but I I was very leery that he might get pushed into duty too early because he just definitely didn't have the strength um, to compete at the NFL level. And so hopefully that's something that the Packers can take advantage of. Uh, yeah, for sure. My matchup is Aaron Jones versus the world. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, maybe the world is a little bit of a stretch, but... Jones is going to have to face the challenge of going against an incredible defensive line. Still love the Vikings defensive line. Um, a pretty good linebacking unit um, and much better if they're actually healthy. Um, plus a coach and a quarterback who don't seem to see his value at all. Uh, the the Packers have to feed Jones. And my hope is we find out that Mr. Rogers can become discount double check down. Nice. Uh, uh, see what I did there? I see what you did there. Yeah. I know I talked about this on last week's post-game show, but, man, it was frustrating to watch Aaron Rodgers continue to either ignore or miss Aaron Jones in the passing game. He was open underneath for most of the second half, um, and I have a feeling those opportunities are continue, going to continue to be there against Minnesota, and it will be a really important aspect of the Packers' offense. I am going to plead or vote or whatever I can do to get the Packers to give Jones 25 touches in a game just to see what happens. Yeah. Let's just see what happens at this point. Might, let's, let's see what he, happens. You might have 400 yards. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, something else I'm going to be watching in this one and I'm cheating here a little bit, but I'm going to be watching Mike McCarthy versus all the distractions. Um, the drama surrounding Mike McCarthy's job security has been the talk of Twitter, and I'm sure McCarthy will do his best to block out the distractions and the negativity, but at some point he's human, and he's going to start hearing these rumblings. And so I'm curious, curious to see if any changes in the way that Mike calls this game are going to take place. He's been criticized for his decision to punt on 4th and 2 last week. He's been criticized for his underuse of Aaron Jones that we just alluded to, and the team has got a lot to figure out if they're going to turn this season around. Uh, but it will be really interesting to me if we see a different kind of aggressiveness from Mike McCarthy this week, knowing that their season and kind of starting this week and maybe last week, maybe his job might be on the line in this game as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really, when it comes to, um, you know, if it's a uh, podcast talk, if it's talk on Twitter, if it's talk in the media, if it's talk in the Packers locker room, um, I, I think that matchup of Mike McCarthy versus, uh, you know, sometimes his own team is is really going to be the focal point of our attention during this Absolutely. game. Absolutely, Yeah, for sure. So. Quickly, switching gears, uh, we're going to talk about the Saints draft pick as we do each and every week, uh, minus last week because we didn't have time <laughs> in covering the game. Um, so if the season ended today, the Packers would have the 14th and the 30th pick, um, the 30th pick, of course, coming from the New Orleans Saints. And I have heard on several occasions it would make a lot of sense for teams to just concentrate on drafting offensive players because that is the way the NFL is heading. And, of course, Monday night's game between the Chiefs 
Chiefs and the Rams definitely added to that perception. Uh, but one thing missed is the ridiculous numbers, or in the ridiculous numbers, is how big of an impact the defense had. I am a huge advocate for using a high draft pick on an edge rusher and spending big free agent money on another one or even two and getting a dominant rotation. Uh, the best defenses still have a place in the NFL, just like the Eagles did last year, uh, just like the Bears and the Rams do this year. They just need to be combined with a good offense. The Packers have an opportunity to improve on both in the upcoming offseason, but I guess for now, I'd rather just focus on the remainder of this year. So the sad thing about that is... If the Packers drop their game on Sunday, we are going to be having a lot more draft-focused conversations <laughs> in uh, the remaining weeks of the season. Uh, but that is all the time that Kyle and I have. So happy Thanksgiving or post-Thanksgiving, Black Friday, whatever you happen to be celebrating today. Um, this has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to follow at Packaday Podcast as well, and please subscribe to the podcast if you like what we're doing. Tomorrow's episode is going to be hosted by Jake and Mark, and check out Jacob and Zach as they get you ready for the game on Sunday. Uh, you can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. We'll be back next week with a preview of the Packers' Week 13 game against the Arizona Cardinals. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember. Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles He's left. Winds up rainbow. He's got Cobb in the 10 to the five. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Oh, my goodness. An NFC North Division Championship dagger of 47 yards. Hasselback maybe changing the play of the line. Looks left and right. Takes the snap. Short drop. Quick throw. Left side. Yes. yes.